What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as Hamhox42 on the internet, and today's episode is brought to you by isolation and the need to reach out in any way imaginable, hence podcasts, as though I wasn't going to do this anyway. All right, so we are going to go ahead and look at the random card of the day, and today we are looking at the Senate Guild Mage, which is a uncommon from Ravnica Allegiance, and it has, it's a 2-2 for 2, 1 white and 1 blue, with the abilities pay 1 white, tap, you gain 1 life, or pay 1 blue, tap, draw a card, and then discard a card. I like that, and it has the Azorius watermark on it, because naturally this is from the Azorius Senate. So, this is actually a pretty good one, I'm glad we, I'm glad we landed on this, because I have some I have some thoughts. Um, so, for one thing, this is part of a cycle that seems to roll around every single time we go back to Ravnica. And every single one of the guilds, so there are the ten different Ravnican guilds, and each of them has, like, another, has a definition for what they are. So, you have the Azorius Senate, you have the Golgari Swarm, you have uh, the Cult of Rakdos, etc., etc. And so... What they do is there's these cycles that they go to a lot called guild mages, which are usually two twos, oftentimes four two. Um, sometimes they're hybrid mana. Sometimes they're one of each mana, like we see here, and they are creatures. They're usually just you know little two twos for two little bears that have dual effects on them, and the two different effects are relevant to the two different colors of their guild. And so this is actually just kind of a straight-down-the-middle pure example of one in the Senate Guild Mage, where it's a 2-2 for 2, you can pay a white, gain a life, or you can pay a blue, draw a card, discard a card. So that's great. It's just very simple, it's very straightforward, nice little utility creature. And Guild Mages are very much that. And so you have... Throughout the uh, the history, you have, um, you know, there's the Azorius Guild Mage, the Golgari Guild Mage, the Izzet Guild Mage, etc., etc. Izzet Guild Mage, by the way, one of my personal favorites. That card rules and has all kinds of crazy combo potential. Just throwing that out there. But, um, so the Guild Mages, then, they re they went back to that cycle, and the, the first time around, the very first trip to Ravnica, like 10 years ago, they created the Guild Mages, and they named them after the Guild themselves. So you had the Golgari Guild Mage, the Azorius Guild Mage, the Selesnya Guild Mage, etc., etc. With this most recent trip back to Ravnica, they decided to reprint Guild Mages, go back to Guild Mages, but they've now named them after... Um, the descriptor word, you know, if, if you will, for the different guilds. So, you know, you have the Azorius Senate, you have uh, the Golgari Swarm, you have etc., etc. So, in this case, it's the Senate Guild Mage. So, this is the Azorius Guild Mage. And, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. I, I do like the Guild Mages because they are the kinds of cards that are very versatile. They give you a ton of options. Every single one of them has two activated abilities, and they're appropriately costed for what they do, for what you get. You know, for example, I believe it's the original Golgari Guild Mage actually has, um, like, a sacrifice outlet, and I believe it can actually return cards from your graveyard to your hand, or is it to the battlefield? Like, it has a reanimation effect on it, if I'm remembering correctly. At least one of the Golgari ones does. Uh, but it costs, like, five to activate. You know, like, it's expensive, but you get a cool effect out of it you know it's like it's a little too expensive to be good like there are a number of other options that can give you that same effect but it's useful in those colors it's useful in that that type of deck and uh in a situation where you know in limited it might be the only option that you have to really pull off that effect and so that that gives you a really great option and it's a two two for two so you're right on curve um its body is you know appropriate for its mana cost 
yeah, they're just solid picks. They're just really solid cards, um, all in all. So I mentioned the Is It Guild Mage specifically. It is one of my all-time favorites. I actually have a modern deck built around it that, uh, to be fair, is not great, but it was my first foray into modern. And uh, the reason for that is the Is It Guild Mage has a really sweet set of abilities on it, and there is no tap symbol, which is the most beautiful thing in the world. It's because... That particular guild mage has two effects. Both of them cost three. One is two generic and a red. The other is two generic and a blue. And they're both very, very similar. So the two generic and a blue is copy target instant spell with converted mana cost two or less. You may choose new targets for the copy. So it's just full-on spell cloning, but you can only clone a spell that costs two or less. Okay, cool. And then the red is the exact same thing, except instead of targeting instants, you have to target sorceries. So any sorcery was converted to make it cost two or less. There's a combo that you can use with that because, well, I am nothing if not Johnny combo player. There is an infinite damage combo that leverages the sorcery portion of that ability. And uh, that's special thanks to a little card called Desperate Ritual and Lava Spike. So if you're not familiar with Lava Spike, uh, apparently you haven't been playing Burn recently because it's a go-to in in so many burn decks for so many reasons because it's just it's great it is a sorcery that deals three damage to target player or target planeswalker uh when it was first printed planeswalkers weren't a thing so it just says player on it but i believe they did errat that so you can hit planeswalkers with it but uh it's three damage so just straight up three damage right to your opponent's face that's it. And for one red. And it's at sorcery speed. So on its surface, it's a fine burn, but it's very, very limited. There's not a lot you can do with it. However, it is arcane, which is a subtype that they introduced in Kamigawa that has a lot of weird applications. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, well, what makes a spell arcane? Like, why does the spell being arcane matter? 90% of the time, it doesn't. It behaves exactly the same way as the same spell, not arcane. However, when a spell is arcane, you are allowed to interact with it in some different ways, one of which is splice effects. There's an ability called splice onto arcane, which is something that they introduced in Kamigawa that's weird. It's weird as hell, and I love it. If a card has a splice onto arcane ability, it is an activated ability that you can play from your hand. And the way it works is you take the text of the spell you are splicing and you splice it onto another card that's already on the stack. You keep the card in your hand that you've spliced um, cause it, and you haven't cast it at all. And so what you do is you add text to a spell that already exists. Now, flip side of that is your opponent can counter just one spell and the whole thing stops. You know, all of the effects that you spliced onto it are gone because they're all part of one spell. But if you clone a spell that has text spliced onto it, that text and those other effects come with it. So what you do is Desperate Ritual is a beautiful, beautiful card that it is one red, add three to your mana pool. And you can splice it onto Arcane for two. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It costs two and you can splice for two. So you're just netting one mana. However, when you splice Desperate Ritual onto Lava Spike, now you have a spell, you have a single spell with converted mana cost of one at sorcery speed that says deal three damage to target player and add three mana to your mana pool. So if you copy that, you now have two of those on the stack. When the first one resolves, you have three more mana and you can use that three mana to trigger Is It Guild Mage and make another copy of the original spell. 
And so you can do that an infinite number of times dealing infinite damage to your opponent. So that's pretty fun. Um, it's fun when it goes off. The problem is it's a combo that requires a 2-2 body on the field in order to use. So a well-placed, a well-placed Path of Exile, Lightning Bolt, or Shock just completely ends the whole... You're just you're done. There's nothing else to do. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, cards like Lightning Greaves to give it Shroud would be, you know, are very important in that kind of a setup. So in any event, that that's the... That's that combo. Now, the reason I say that is because it leverages a guild mage. It takes one of the guild mages that has an effect that is powerful but limited, and it exploits it. Meanwhile, something like the Senate guild mage that we're looking at here, you can pay one, gain two life, but you do have to tap it. It seems like they learned their lesson after the, <laughs> the former guild mages. These guild mages you do have to tap in order to leverage. So you can pay one white, tap it to gain two life. All right, nothing wrong with that. It's just straight over the middle life gain. It can help you stay in the game a little bit longer. Um, it can also trigger things like Ajani's Pride Baits or Bloodthirsty Aerialist if you're an Esper um, that allow anything anything that triggers off a life gain you can just kind of kick those engines off or pay one draw card then discard a card i love looting effects i absolutely adore them and they're called looter because of cards like um cephalid looter uh, merfolk looter etc etc that allow you to draw a card then discard a card i'm a big fan of this effect because i love playing reanimation or other um grave based value cards um just because they they give you a lot of utility. And so even the discarding of the card can give you value if you're doing it right. Um, generally, the reason that looting is the cheaper version of card draw is because when you draw the card, you then have to discard a card so your hand size doesn't change. So if you don't have any cards in hand, you cannot use this effect to gain card advantage. But you gain card selection. And you fill your graveyard. So if you can leverage those two things to good effect, so if you're playing in combo decks, this is great. If you're playing in reanimation decks, this is great. Or if, you have, if you're running cards like um, Wonder, which is a classic from back in the day, where when it's in your graveyard, all your creatures gain flying. That was actually part of a whole other cycle. There's uh, cards like Brawn, um, Anger. Uh, what is the other one? The white one. That I can see the picture in my head, but for the life of me, I can't think of the name. Um, Grants all your creatures first strike, I believe. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful, that's a wonderful cycle. I also have, there's a land, actually, that I'm running in one of my commander decks right now called Riftstone Portal. When Riftstone Portal is in your graveyard, all of your lands can tap for green mana or white mana. So if you are in, like, a five-color situation, or you have, like, three or four colors, and white and green is is among them, it actually makes a lot of sense. And so in that particular deck, it's actually a, uh, it's an Abzan deck, so it's green, white, black. And so the moment that, the moment that drops into my graveyard, all of a sudden, the only, I only need swamps on the field, and I have perfect mana fixing. So, that's pretty great. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoy that. And being able to draw a card, then discard a card, gives me the ability to l- load that up. Now, in that particular deck, I don't have access to blue, so I cannot play the Senate Guild Mage. Unfortunately, because I got to admit, that actually would fit really nicely in what that deck's doing. Um, because that's one of many graveyard-based shenanigans that's in there. But uh, all the same, yeah. So being able to loot, being able to gain life, and just having a 2-2 two, two for 2, I mean, it's just solid. It's just a rock-solid card. It's not amazing. It's not a bomb. But it is a lovely little role player. So it's one of those utility pieces that if 
your game plan is based around drawing drawing cards, gaining life, discarding cards, or having stuff in your graveyard, if you can leverage any of those effects, like any one of them, um, then you're going to be in good shape. And the flip side of that is the other effects that are on the card could come in handy in different situations. You never know. Like sometimes you might be behind in the game and you just need to gain a little extra life in order to survive. You know, it's very possible that gaining two life could be the difference between your opponent having lethal next turn or you surviving for another turn and beating them. Um, there's actually, there was a play at the most recent world championship that was, um, that was uh, considered one of the greatest plays in uh, in recent memory. I don't remember exactly who played it. I think it was uh, I think it was PVDDR, the gentleman who ended up winning the whole thing. He um, he cast Emergency Powers, which is a card that costs seven, and then he used the counterspell Absorb on it, and so he ended up spending ten mana in total. And the only reason that he did that was so that he could gain three life. So his opponent who was playing aggro didn't have lethal on him the next turn. And so it's one of those situations where if you tell me that getting three life for 10 mana would be a good play, I'd say that's insane. But in that situation, all he needed to do was survive for one more turn. And so in that moment, spending 10 mana for three life was absolutely worth it. It was a great value because it allowed him to win the game because it was that situational well the guild mages give you access to effects like that so this is a case where maybe you have this in your deck because you want to be drawing cards um or because you want to be selecting the cards in your hand and discarding cards into your graveyard maybe that's your primary focus with this card but you never know you might be going up against an aggro player where if you only had two more life you could survive until the next turn and potentially win the game well this gives you access to do that and it only costs one mana. It doesn't cost you ten. So that, that's something. So yeah, it's an interesting card. It's an interesting cycle. Um, Ravnica rules. I gotta say, every time they go back to Ravnica, I'm down. It's so much fun. Um, I cannot speak highly enough about it. I really hope that uh, we see more Ravnica in the future. So I can't wait for the return to the return to the return of Ravnica. And I, I know we just got done with Ravnica. Um, like, we just left Ravnica, and I'm already eager to go back. Like, honestly, I can't get enough of it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. This has been a load of fun. Oh, then next thing we need, we need to do after that is go back to Kamigawa. I miss Kamigawa. That place was great. The cards, I understand, didn't age super well in many cases. But at the same time, this is also the set that gave us Sensei's Divining Top, Kokusho the Evening Star, and um, Sakashima the Imposter. Just saying. Not to mention ninjas. Mmm, ninjas. Do dig me some ninjas. Anyway, thanks so much for hanging out, guys. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'll be back here tomorrow. I also stream most days over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhawks42. I'm also on Twitter at hawks42. I don't post too much over there, but I'm dabbling, so you, you, that's a good place to catch me if you want to shoot me a message. All right, thanks so much, and I'll catch you next time.